Live from Master Closet Studios, you're listening to the only podcast on the internet that skipped a week without anybody noticing. Until you mentioned it. Oh yeah. <laughs> noobs and the Whovian. My name is Austin, I'm the Whovian, these are my sons Corbin and Tripp. And, and we're the noobs. noobs. And this is the podcast that introduces a whole new generation to Doctor Who by watching an episode each week and discussing it from... <laughs> I don't know what happened to that word. Discussing it from the perspective of a dad who's seen it before. And, and two, two sons, sons who, who have it. Except when we don't, because this week we won't. <laughs> so, welcome to episode 91. Well, I mean, Corbin always says I sound Susian when I yeah, do it. Yeah, I was going to say. We, welcome we to episode 91. So this is timey-wimey number 11. Is that right? We've done 11 timey-wimeys? Excuse guess. me. We've done 10, and now this is number 11. <laughs> this is timey-wimey number 11, covering Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. <laughs> we should have like a air guitar sound effect right there. Indeed. This is the one where two idiots get help on their homework from 700 years in the future that they helped create. The end. <laughs> Guys, we had all kinds of, by the way, that, that recap is basically what Tripp started to say. Uh, right after like we met Rufus mm-hmm. and like now you understood mm-hmm. where the movie was going. We paused it. I don't know, like, so everybody could get more pizza yeah. or whatever. And Tripp goes, so it's two idiots that are going to travel through time. And I was like, yeah, yeah. that's pretty much it. I'm going to write that down. Uh, so a couple things on the cast. I went down a rabbit hole mm-hmm. on the cast for a couple of reasons. Okay. Some of it was there are people in here that I have always recognized and couldn't put my finger on why. And now I have the power of IMDB and a weekly podcast that drives me to do so. <laughs> So first of all, uh, Missy was played by Amy. It's either Stotch or Stock. I don't know. It's C-H. Yeah. Probably Stock. And um, she was in everything (laughs) TV-wise. She was big TV actress, did all kinds of soap operas and sitcoms and all kinds of things. The The only thing that was worth me noting on here, though, was the fact that she was 30 during the making of the movie. Oh, goodness. What was the running gag? Throughout the entire movie. Oh, well. She went to high school with him. Yeah. So. so, I mean, how old do y'all think the character Missy is supposed to be? Like 20. Like, yeah, 20s. 19, 20, yeah. something like that, right? Because they're in high school. Yeah. And if memory serves, I think she was, in the next movie, they're still in high school. So, they're probably juniors. And he <laughs> says, remember when she was a senior and we were freshmen? Yeah. You know, so that means she's only a couple years older than that. Dude. Yeah. She's your mom. <laughs> <laughs> throughout the whole movie so Shut up. she was i looked i was looking over you know her the different things that she's uh played in and whatnot but at the very top of everybody's imdb it says when and where someone was born and it says she was born in 1958 and i was like okay now i'm i'm, I'm trying to remember how long ago this movie was and then i was like wait okay so by the way corbin uh the very beginning of the movie it said san Dimas 1988 uh-huh. it actually came out in 89 so I don't what? know why. Yeah. When you asked me that, you were like, did this actually come out in 88? That's I was like, called Backspace 9. Maybe yeah, they, they, done. Maybe they started nine. filming <laughs> I don't it. Know. So, so <laughs> that's just... the thing. It was filmed in probably 87, 88, uh, maybe, maybe 89. But that would mean if she was born in 58, that would mean she was at the youngest 29 and at the oldest like 31. But they were making this big to do about her being like this teenager, basically <laughs> that was that was married to. Now I can't even remember which dad. Was it Ted? Ted's dad? It was. It was I don't. Dad. I can't Ted. remember the characters' names. Whoever, whoever the <laughs> blonde. Such no, it's Bill's names. dad. It's Bill's dad because Ted was the one going. Do you remember when she was a freshman and or when we were freshmen yeah. and she was a senior? Um, yeah. Dude, so she's your mom. <laughs> so fun stuff there. Um, one of the big casting. Uh, bits of news and excitement for Bill and Ted face the music was that yes, 
Amy Stock would be reprising her role as Missy. So like, everyone sigh a sigh of relief. Missy will be returning. And now she's 60 and she's going to look 30. (laughs) And they're still going to be doing a joke about how she's so young. (laughs) So uh, then we had our man uh, Socrates, as Corbin insists that we use the improper pronunciation throughout the duration of the podcast. It's necessary. Socrates was played by Tony Steedman and he was another guy. He played in just billions of television shows. And uh, he was in Coronation Street in the 70s. So that so is a, everybody in this show has played in billions of billions of movies. Uh, no, mm-hmm. but but well, <laughs> I, well, actually, yeah, most of them. Um, this was like with Keanu's with, third movie. With one yeah. sad exception that we'll get to in just a minute. But but uh, Tony Steedman, the reason that I knew the guy was he is the waiter in a movie called Scrooged. Now, I think I've told you guys about this. Scrooged is a modern retelling of the um a christmas carol where mm-hmm. it's like a tv executive is the ebenezer scrooge character he's got like a completely different name <laughs> but there is a there is a particular scene and those that have seen the movie know what i'm talking about where he is freaking out um and it involves some hallucinations involving his his glass of water and this this guy tony steedman plays the actor uh, plays the actor plays Please. the waiter in that scene and i don't know why but he has always stood out in my mind He's on screen for like 90 <laughs> seconds. I mean, he is nobody. He is not a character in the movie. He is the, He's like, he is uh, literally sir, are you the okay? wait. Yeah, then- yeah, exactly. <laughs> the waiter at this, at this uh, restaurant in, in a two minute clip of the movie. Okay, what can I get you? Is, a water? Was he ugly waiter or dumb waiter? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Corbin, Corbin, why don't you, why don't you enlighten us on, on your bit of cast <laughs> trivia? I was, I was just looking at the credits and there were some names in there like ugly old dudes. And then I yeah. noticed royal ugly dudes. Yeah. yeah. And then I noticed ugly waiter and dumb waiter. I'm like, which, oh, how flat. Which must refer to guys at the Ziggy Pig. Right? I can yeah. only imagine. Yeah. yeah. It's got to be. But uh, yeah. Then the question is who's who? Yeah, yeah. And that's what I thought was funny was imagine being on set and you're two guys that are playing these idiot characters and you find out, oh, look at this in the script. It's really funny. They called one of us. What was it? Stupid or idiot? Stupid. I don't remember. Idiot waiter or stupid waiter? I don't think it was idiot waiter. Stupid waiter? Okay. So, what, oh, like, oh, stupid waiter and ugly waiter. Because, like, stupid <laughs> is like, okay, that's the character. But ugly, that's my face. <laughs> yeah. That's not acting. That's my face. <gasps> so, yeah, that, I'm, I wonder how much they argued during that day of filming, which which one of them was the ugly one, which one was the stupid one. Well, probably, well, they were, they were credited, so it said their names right next to it. Oh, it did, didn't it? Yeah. So <laughs> they would. So they would have known. We should have looked them up in IMDb. Oh my! <laughs> so at any rate, uh, Genghis Khan was played by Al Long, and this guy played a thug in like every '80s action movie. Okay, <laughs> so uh, I'm trying to think. In this movie, did we ever see him without his hat? Where he had uh, once, I think. He so he had hair down past his shoulders, yeah. and he had the you know the the mustache and goatee thing. Mm-hmm. That is what that guy has looked like for my entire life. Okay? <laughs> and he still looks like that now. It probably does. I guess that's why they cast him, because he just looks like Genghis Khan. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Yeah, he looks... I mean, that that just is who he is. And I'm pretty sure he got his hat taken off when he was getting arrested or whatever. Probably. Because they all got like all their... Well, they had a football helmet on at one point. But at oh, any rate, yeah, yeah. Um, this guy, again, he will pop up in the background of movies and you'll be like, oh my gosh, that's that guy. And the two that I really remember, he played an actual part in Die Hard where he's, he is one of the thugs 
uh, the people that stormed Nakatomi Tower. And I think he may have a few words of dialogue, but not much. Um, there's one scene where he's like, every, you know, the, the terrorists are taking over the building and they're locking down the doors and they're barricading stuff and they're setting up rocket launchers and getting out the tech nines and all these kinds of weapons and everything. And just a bunch of this stuff happening, right? It's a montage. Everybody all over the building. And then they cut to him. Right. And he like flips a lock on a door and like cuts out a light and goes up and takes up a, you know, a, a superior firepower position. And then he looks over in the counter and he is like in the cafeteria area or something. And there's like candy bars and he's like looking around and he like reaches down and grabs a candy bar and opens <laughs> it up and takes a bite of the candy bar. <laughs> it's just like such a random moment in that movie. He is also, he is also actually credited as. Uh, so in a movie called Big Trouble in Little China, there's a there's a battle between two uh, Chinese gangs. One of them's called the Wing Kong, and he is literally credited as Wing Kong Hatchet Man because all he does it's like a bunch of guys. It's two gangs coming towards each other, right? And he steps out from you know from an alleyway and starts walking down the street with all the other guys looking all tough and everything, and he's got a meat cleaver in his hand. <laughs> As his weapon. I'm talking meat, like kitchen meat cleaver. And so I have always assumed that that guy had some major, nope, he is listed as Wing Kong Hatchet Man. It's not a hatchet. It's it's not even a hatchet. It's a meat cleaver. But anyways, and again, that's one of those things where that Big Trouble in Little China is like a definitive movie in my childhood. And I don't know why. Out of all the people on that street, that guy stands out in my memory to this day. So well done, Al Long. Anyways, uh, Joan of Arc was played by Jane Weidlin, and she had uh, Weidlin, Weidlin. I don't know. Mm. She had interesting IMDb credits because she was like, I was under the impression she appeared in like five hundred movies because she had all these credits. And then come to find out what it was, um, she had written a song, and that song oh. has been used in like every movie ever made. And so she gets credited as being, you know, composer of that song. And then I was like, okay, so she's an actress. And then she just like wrote a song that was real popular. Turns out she was part of the 80s girl band called the Go-Go's. And I never knew this prior to this. Yeah, the Go-Go's. And the song was called uh, Vacation. And it's in like, it was just every summer high school drama ever made. So many movies. I went and I played it on YouTube and I I don't recognize the song. I don't remember it. So. Um, she was also, she was also, do y'all remember Clue? The movie Clue? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do y'all remember I am, you're singing telegram, and then the girl falls dead? Mm-hmm. No. That was her. <laughs> so. No, she had, she had longer hair. She had long hair in that one, right? No, she had short hair. You barely see her. You see her, you see her actual face on film for like a second and a half. Mm-hmm. When they look at her, she's already laying there dead. So when she's doing the little bat 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 and she's singing and everything, she's backlit and you can't even actually see her face. <laughs> so you don't see her face until she's dead. So again, uh, Clue, another formative movie from from my 80s childhood. All right, so it was we actually said, not half bad. So we actually said that everyone. Uh, hey, now, what is that supposed to mean? <laughs> no, I'm saying Clue wasn't bad. I it wasn't Clue. that bad no, for no, no, 80s no, no. movies. No, what I what I was picking up on there was I said another formative movie, and you were like, yeah, and that one wasn't bad. <laughs> All the other ones that you just mentioned were. What? No, I haven't. Seen I've never seen ones. them, but they're terrible. So we mentioned that. Um, we mentioned, you know, Trip. you need to put Big Trouble in Little China on the list. <laughs> wow. Just wow. Um, 
eighties. It's, it's gonna be like Fly the Navigator, where you think it's so good, and no, then you no, no, don't no. forget this one any I've, part of no, it. This one I have seen in adulthood, and it is as good at being bad as I remember. <laughs> it is eighties in all of its glory. It can it could be more eighties unless it's unless it starts Sylvester Stallone killing Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> um, but it does star Kurt Russell, so. You're halfway there. Uh, we said that every, you know, all the cast, everybody in this movie has been in a thousand things. You know what the one sad exception is? Bill S. Preston Esquire. <laughs> Alex Winter. Um, apparently, he did go on to do a lot of directing. But as far as acting, he did a movie called The Lost Boys that was before this one. And more people seem to know him from that than Bill and Ted. The Lost Boys, I may have seen once. But it, it's not—it's not a big one in my in my memory, and so I didn't even know he was in that until recently. Um, I'm in a Bill and Ted. Uh, Is he in Bill and Ted Three? Is it still the original characters yeah. and all? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's that's that's the big thing is that Alex Winter and Keanu Reeves did an announcement video. Hey guys, we're doing Bill and Ted Three is happening, and uh, so Keanu has been in several of the things that Alex Winter has directed. And Alex Winter, I guess, has done like a lot of short film type of stuff. So mm-hmm. Ted, played by Keanu Reeves, or excuse me, Ted Theodore Logan, which is <laughs> Ted Th- Theodore Logan. I don't. Ted Theodore. Yeah. Ted is short for Theodore. <laughs> Anyways. Um, Theodore Theodore Logan. Yeah, that's right. Uh, but I think it's even in quotation marks, like a like a nickname. <laughs> you know, it'd be like if it was John Rocky Wilson, you know, it's like, you know. Ted his, Theodore. His Logan. nickname is Theodore. His nickname is... Which is just an extension of his actual <laughs> name. Ted. Ted. Yeah, that's right. So uh, Keanu, um, rather than go through all of the millions of things that we all know Keanu Reeves from, because he is a living meme at this point. John Wick. And- I thought I would point out some of the things that you probably have not heard of, are <laughs> not aware of. So he was the narrator for a, for a short film called Anyone Can Quantum which was directed by Alex Winter. Mm-hmm. Here is the synopsis. Paul Rudd, y'all know Paul Rudd, yeah. Ant-Man. Mm-hmm. Paul Rudd faces off against Stephen Hawking in a highly advanced game of quantum chess. Mm-hmm. My favorite part of this is that it's actually Stephen Hawking. Wait! It's not Paul Rudd faces off an actor playing the character Stephen Hawking. It is Paul Rudd playing Paul Rudd facing off against Stephen Hawking as himself in a game in a of... Game Excuse me, in a highly advanced game, game of quantum chess. What? As well as Keanu was also the narrator for the sequel, <laughs> Quantum is Calling. The, the, the summary on this one says, Zoe Saldana enlists the help of Stephen Hawking to solve a quantum riddle in order to get Simon Pegg's cat back. We need to watch these. And then parentheses, it says, this, this follows the events of Paul Rudd's chess game with Stephen Hawking. So apparently we what have Paul, to watch is Paul this. Rudd in it? Apparently uh, it doesn't it didn't say, but I, I just read I just read that little synopsis. And and again, it is actually Stephen Hawking. I want to look up some is, movie ratings on this. Yeah. So Zoe, Zoe Saldana and Simon Pegg are Star Trek guest stars. Mm-hmm. So there's our Star Trek connection for the week. So that's that's essentially uh uh Uhura trying to help out uh, uh Scotty getting his cat back, apparently. So this was made in twenty sixteen. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fairly, fairly recent. 7.5 stars on IMDb. We, we'll, we'll definitely have to look <laughs> it up and see if we can't watch it. Uh, Keanu Reeves also did some voice work in a movie called Keanu, which is a movie about a kitten named Keanu. <laughs> wow. 
voiced, voiced by, by Keanu, Keanu Reeves. Reeves. <laughs> okay, then. So it's this is a uh, this is Key and Peel of the uh, substitute teacher that says all the names wrong. Yeah. Fame. Uh, oh yeah. So they did a yeah. movie, and apparently this guy finds a cat and names him Keanu. And at some point in the movie, the cat. I don't know if the cat's actually talking to him or if it's a hallucination or something, but it's voiced by Keanu Reeves, which if I remember correctly, that all came about like they decided to see if they could get Keanu to do this bit. And then that confirmed that they could name the cat and the movie Keanu. Otherwise, they were going to have to go with something else. So uh, Keanu Reeves also appeared in a, in a little indie film called Always Be My Maybe as Keanu Reeves. He actually plays a... So like he is a living meme. He does yes. not play himself in this movie. He plays if that meme came to life, <laughs> essentially. It's like, you know, how he's like this exalted, infinite character, you know, like, yeah. Keanu, like he's like he's like the current Chuck Norris type of thing <laughs> where it's just everything times times a, a million. That's the character oh. that he plays just completely over the top. Um, my favorite scene is they go to they go to a restaurant and. Um, he asks that it's like a highfalutin Hollywood restaurant. And he asks the waiter if they have a dish on the menu that is time that like involves the, the concept of time to which the waiter goes, yes, sir. Of course we do. <laughs> and there's, there's a scene at one point where they're eating veal wearing headphones there's playing the sounds that that cow was making while it was alive, like the mooing and the bleeding and the whatever. And he's like bawling his eyes out. That's where the, the meme comes yeah. from. Which, which There's a meme of that exact yeah. scene. Of him crying while he's eating yeah. steak. That's, yeah. He just starts crying randomly. I'm like, what is this from? Yeah, that's what it is. He's crying because he is he is eating the cow while li- while listening to the cow. Yeah, and out of context, <sighs> you see Keanu Reeves eating steak and crying with, with headphones. With headphones. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, what is happening? It's yeah, and it and it only gets better from there. It's it's kind of hilarious. So, guys, Noobs in the Hooving is brought to you by R5 Website Management, where you can get your world class hosting, domain registration, and security, or your website builder at a great price. We have We've got a special deal as always for Noobs in the Whovian listeners and those lucky enough to know one. Use the code Noobs at checkout for 15% off your entire order. Throw everything in your cart. Grab your builder, your domain, your email, your security, all of that stuff. Get as many years of it as a, at a time as you want and use the code Noobs at checkout for 15% off your entire order. So head over to store.r5websitemanagement.com and get started on your awesome website today. All right, so into random stuff we noticed. Uh, Trip, was that the opening of Frozen 2? Seriously, I, I looked at it I'm like... <laughs> Wait, did we grab the wrong disc? Like, I was ser- <laughs> seriously, I was like, what is this? And then so, the roof started opening up. I'm like, is this Frozen 2? That but just Frozen- made it look even I more like, like Snow I was like, is Frozen 2 live action? Like, what are we watching? So at the at the very beginning where where the, the un- as yet unformed Ooh. time machine box comes floating out of the ceiling, before the ceiling opened up, mm. it just looked like... It looked like something Elsa would have made out of, mm-hmm. out of frost and things. I, like, I think she did we, make that. That giant yeah, castle, like, that was exactly that. Are we revisiting that. this castle? Yeah. So it was just so funny. Like, as soon as that came on the screen, you were like, Frozen 2. <laughs> so, yeah, let me just write that down real quick. So, um, speaking of that scene, the phone booth is even more like the TARDIS than I remembered. It's got a flipping chameleon circuit, guys. Sort of. It and doesn't the have a chameleon dude, circuit. And but the, the weird dudes with the glasses are actually... Um, they kind of... 
Time Lordish, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, I mean, they, they've got like the the weird necklines where the, the, yeah. the, the edges come up beside their ears and Definitely. everything. But I thought it was good. All the others are just random Gallifreyans. Right. I had um, I had watched this movie. By the way, I've seen this movie untold numbers of times. I, I owned it on VHS at one time and probably wore the tape out. with. Uh, I think my cousin Matt and I watched this all the dang time. <laughs> and so what we did was um, we would we would tend to skip over that opening part um, everything from where Trip said, is this Frozen 2, until George Carlin actually starts talking. Oh, by the way, I didn't mention Rufus was played by George Carlin. I don't know if you guys know him even by that name. Mm-mm. Very, very famous comedian. Really, really funny guy. And usually a very gruff and sarcastic and like just pointing out every, all everything that's wrong with society and how stupid everybody is kind of a kind of a comedian you know um so to see him play this character Rufus who's just like this kind-hearted guy who's helping out these idiots <laughs> it was really weird and he's in the next one and it's like there's there's a little bit more of Rufus and we get to know him a little bit more and it still just doesn't jive at all with his character but at any rate um we would skip over all of that opening bit and so years later I watched it as an adult and I had completely forgotten that there that was thing, an opening at all. Well, no, but just that there was that amazing, like orange, metallic, multifaceted thing that looked horrible. That Not- took forever to descend out of the ceiling. Yeah, I was like, "Are we really gonna watch this whole thing? Yeah. <laughs> like, how long? How long?" <laughs> that are they were we complaining about the music. They were like, "What is this song?" Like, so, like how long are we gonna watch this disc thing? <laughs> I wouldn't, it wasn't Not a disc. disc. It was like a crystal. I meant, yeah, yeah. I was so, like, what kind of the, weird the show like, is this? <laughs> the guy like blows the magic uh, ball orb of light onto it and it transforms in a highly elaborate transformation too, by the way. Yeah. Where they like drew it in, in like CGI or something. Um, and then it turns into that crappy old phone booth. And I was like, oh my gosh, this was years ago. I was like, I, I forgot all about that. I forgot that it wasn't just always a phone booth. Um, but again, kind of the same thing. Uh, it's going to stay a phone booth, you know, like all like the, the only mm-hmm. images that I've seen yet of, of Bill and Ted face the music. It's still the phone booth. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's too, it's just like the TARDIS. It's yeah. too iconic. You, you couldn't get rid of it, it now. Yeah. I also love how Tripp said, how come it's not bigger on the inside? Cause like, right. a, yeah, that would be a that's total like Sue worthy and be sue worthy like, like lawsuit worthy yeah it literally then, it was a police box not a police box it was a no, phone, was a phone box. yeah i'm saying it was a phone different. box and the it was a police box that had a phone in it and then b you couldn't have the physical comedy of trying to s- squish like eight people inside of that which thing. is amazing My, how they wrote it but then they just I walked the all me, into it how in the world like once they got billy the kid and so in there i was like it's full there's no way there's no one <laughs> you else can't in get there. more people my in favorite here. part my favorite part of the scene where the two sets of Bill and Ted were talking to each other and they start walking away and you guys noticed that there was quote a person in the phone booth. They're like, Hey, who's that other person? And y'all kept, well, you didn't say it at the time. You kept saying, Oh, that must be one of, that must be the person that they're going back to get. And I was laughing going, I think there's like seven people. (laughs) Like not positive, but I think it turned out to be two, but then they just went back and got so many more. I thought it was, I thought it was, um, was it after they'd only pick up two? Yeah. I thought it was George Washington and some other. They never got him. Yeah, but the, um, the piano player, what was it? Beethoven. No, yeah, Beethoven. Sorry, beef oven. They had yeah, beef oven. <laughs> beef. 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 Not beef. beef. They had Socrates yeah. and Billy the Kid. They went that was it. back to Medieval back. to get someone else. 
that back, failed. Back, what? Back to medieval. I, just, I love when they say that. It, there's something, watching it this time, there was something Trumpian about the way they use the word medieval. It's Ooh, like listening medieval. to Trump use the word cyber. He would say like, uh, we're looking into cyber. We're going to do cyber. We're, we're awesome at cyber. They kept saying like, <laughs> who are we going to get from medieval? Let's go to medieval and get someone from medieval. It's like, okay. <laughs> they didn't actually get anyone from there. Then they went back to the future. And, no, they and that's did. when they met up with themselves again? Yeah, I think so. Okay. I was, I was, and then they went was... and got like six more people. And okay. Oh, yeah. Cause they were going to bring the princesses or whatever. Right. And that yeah. But then ended up Rufus coming back the, anyway. Yeah. Rufus got them. So, um, any other random stuff we noticed, guys, before we get into the time travel stuff? Um, I can't think of any. Um, okay. they had the same, he rode in the same box. Like he brought the same. He was always riding in the same box that they were riding in. Right? Huh? Like, there was never other time machines that we saw. It was you always that one you know time machine. In other words, it didn't show up as a different yeah. thing. You know what's weird that now that I'm thinking about it is there's the bit where he says, you're on your own, and then he rides the telephone booth out, and then an empty one comes and replaces it, right? So it's that makes same sense. One. Yeah. Right? Like, he went back to the future... And then sent the phone booth back. That makes sense. But at the very end of the movie, they show the outside of the garage and the phone booth is sitting there. Mm -hmm. And then Rufus comes in in another phone booth. Hmm. So it can only ever be? So either they, you know, it's just another one or like (laughs) what's going on there. You know what I wish we had seen? Or they brought it back at some point. Huh? And they just had it. They br- they brought it back at some point. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like when they were done with the report, they dropped all the historical figures off and then went home. And the and phone booth is just it. sitting out in the backyard or whatever, yeah. sitting in front of the garage. And then he showed up in another one. So, um, and when he when he showed up, th- he showed up in a phone booth inside the garage. So it's like it was a whole other. One. Wait, but we never saw them go back and. Like place the recorder. And- that's yeah. what I was just. I thought they I thought they were going to be like I, a I, little bit more after. Where it's like, now we got to go to do please all the things we said we were going to do. Which is exactly what a Doctor Who episode would have done. Yeah. Like, yeah. we've already seen him do that. But, um, but yeah, I was just getting ready to say that very thing. That I do wish that we had seen them, like, making the tape. And, like, or, like, what would have been great was in, like, setting up some other stuff that we didn't even get to see or something. like, yeah. Or set up some things that... What would have been really funny... So, like, the, the whole reveal of he's actually the one who stole the keys. Yeah. They were, like... They were hinting at that leading up to it, right? They kept he kept saying, "Where's my keys? Where's my keys? Did you take my keys?" Yeah, it would have been funny if there had been like other things as well. Um, yeah, you like, know, like if they'd have dropped in little other things and they they, they decided to go like, back oh, and just they mess dro- with people or they something. They dropped in like a car so they could get away instead <laughs> yeah. of like their mom picking them up or whatever. They yeah. dropped they dropped in a car. That would have been great. You know, everything else they did made sense except for the trash can <laughs> bit, though. Like. <laughs> Where did that Where did it come, come from? from? It just they like just falls can't. onto his head and he's like, oh, I can't get out. And I love that they I'm took so the time stuck. to put Wild Stallion rules in tape upside down so that it was visible <laughs> while the trash can was on top of him. But And by the way, like, I, granted, I've never been stuck inside of a trash can while standing up. I can't imagine that I would be completely immobilized the way <laughs> I he know. was. I mean, he was just completely just- helpless. I, I can't let your help. hands down, push it off. It'll take all of like five seconds. Right. All right. So before we jump into the time travel stuff, we're still talking about random stuff. What do you, what did you guys think about the 
historical figures running amok in 1988. Oh, that was amazing. When you like put on the football helmet, grab the baseball bat. Bit the baseball bat. (laughs) I do think it's odd though how well they adjusted to just like, oh, well, I guess this is what I'm going to do now. Like Abraham Lincoln would be like, I'm supposed to be running a country, not presenting for kids in the future, (laughs) which what is the future? I don't get that concept. I think they had a concept of the future 150 years ago. But then Socrates or whatever. How about this? How about this? Billy the Kid. Well, okay, now he's an exception. Billy the Kid was like straight up on board from word go, right? I know. Like, like he realized, hey, you guys saved my life, right? So he's on board <laughs> with them and whatever, whatever. And then, yeah, Socrates comes in and then like he is in medieval England with two idiots from 1980s California. And he's trying and to follow the Billy the Kid. Yeah, and Which he's like- they do, What's a cowboy? Right, mm-hmm. and then he shows him a Nerf ball- <laughs> And like, yeah, right. here, let's toss around the Nerf football and, you know, just all that kind of stuff. Inside. I think they even said, um, who was it? One of them said uh, to Billy, he said, Mr. The Kid, you are, you are handling the intricacies of time travel most well or something, yeah. something like that. And, um, you know, he's just like rolling with it. He's, he's even talking excellent. like him. Yeah, he's yeah. saying dude and excellent. And like, they go to get socrates socrates i can't even right. say it right anymore <laughs> i have to say and then socrates. they go to the medieval times and it's just like he's already speaking the way they do like, right mm-hmm. right and i mean granted Gnarly, this was bro. this was like a 90 minute movie from the 80s so they just assumed a lot of stuff like here's here's my biggest question that it doesn't involve the time travel itself is once they got to they finally broke them out of jail and they got to the high school and everything all of a sudden they had this elaborately planned I know, presentation right? with no hint by the way no hint that they used the time machine to cheat extra time because one of the central conceits of the movie is you don't have time like that the clock is always running and i'm getting ahead of myself here but that they come in and like Abraham Lincoln knows exactly what he's going to say. Mm-hmm. Everyone knows where they're going to stand. No one is freaking out about about lights and <laughs> yeah. stage lighting and pyrotechnics. And lights like, cut out. Microphone comes from nowhere, and there hasn't been a microphone yet in this whole stadium. Right. And mm-hmm. and where where in the world did they get like the uh, the tabletop risk game that Napoleon <laughs> used to demonstrate his strategy or whatever, like and the, all these the, like the chair, yeah, bed the thing he was sitting in, yeah, the fake swords that were like yeah. made out of like wood wrapped in aluminum foil or, or whatever they were standing on for that matter. Those giant pillars in the <laughs> back, <laughs> it's just like and the, with the phone booth on the biggest pillar yeah. in the back, and you know? <laughs> he whipped out a gun and shot one of the lights. So that means. That wasn't planned. Now they don't have one. They're, of they're the missing one of their lights. <laughs> yeah. So just like all of that kind of stuff. And again, this was in this was a 1980s wacky comedy. Wait, so this wait. is the this is by far not the most egregious example of this kind of like. Did Lincoln? How did he know what to say? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like no, he just no, walked I'm out. Yeah. When he said the two things that they said. At the place. Was he at the place? What, be excellent and party on, dude? Yeah. I think it's just they said it all the time. He was like, be excellent to everybody or whatever. To each other. Yeah, be excellent to each other and party on, dude. Party on, dudes. (laughs) That face that he makes, man. (laughs) I love love Abraham Lincoln. They did a pretty good casting job (gasps) for the historical figures, I have to say. They did. Yeah, they did a pretty good job. Um, So... (laughs) 
yeah, just it, it is it is a, a beautiful example of just forget anything <laughs> like continuity details. Just don't worry about it. Yeah, it's like, like you fly said, the navigator. Like, like you don't need anything. It just is a movie about existing and flying happens. around in it's spaceships. Right. I mean, even even down to little things like how did they know where Deacon was? <laughs> he was at baseball practice. <laughs> so they're like, we've got to go get Napoleon. Where did they leave Napoleon? At the house. We never see them go to the house and go, where's Napoleon? Well, they told the, him. Yeah. It's he like, said, there's like a flip There's like a $10 wipe. bill or whatever and like, go take him to he get He said, like, take him to a movie or something. Yeah. So they and assumed so, that he went somewhere and now right. know he's at baseball There are no practice. cell phones. Yeah. There weren't even pagers at this time unless you were a flipping doctor like how do they all of a sudden just show up at deacon's baseball yeah, it's like practice take him to a movie or they game. take him to get ice cream to a bowling alley and then he goes to baseball practice and they're like clearly he's at baseball practice yeah, obviously we just no obviously i also love <laughs> i love there for all the things that they didn't seed or explain or anything they did drop an early hint that we were going to see napoleon end up at a place called water loops because he oh, yeah, he offered, gave, he gave, yeah, he offered in the stupidest example of foreshadowing I have ever seen. We'll give you free tickets to Waterloo. They have free water parks. So later on, I'll they take go, that as a hard no. If we were one of, if we were one of Europe's greatest leaders, and we were stuck in California for a for a day, where would Not we even go? California just. What sand, whatever. San Dimas. They have at the same moment the same idea. Water loops or water loops. Or I've never been even clear what the place is called. Water loops. And he just like walked in like with a crowd of people. (laughs) Napoleon. And where did you was like, hey, you kind of look like Napoleon. I just I love the idea. And and what's funny is this is they they literally one foreshadow it and then try and justify it. That it's called Waterloo, so that's where he's going to end up. Okay, let's explain Obviously. something. Napoleon doesn't know how he ends up losing at Waterloo. It hasn't happened yet in his timeline. So why would he be going there? And we've already established he doesn't speak English. So, like, how did he know that place existed? Why did the name attract him at all? How did he get there? Like, the last time we saw him, he was walking away from a bowling alley in a shopping center. With a sword. On foot. <laughs> with, a, with a sword. With his tri-cornered hat and sword. Sword. Did the Dressed guy... in full attire. Yes, full military regalia. Skilling, oh, word. Screaming out orders to every person that yeah, he's Buddy. <laughs> that is my favorite, is that? Is that bowling alley manager? Yeah, pay, buddy. Oh my gosh! Um, so it's not—it's not, it's not going to win an Oscar, guys. But it's a fun movie. Right. <laughs> it's an amazing movie. All right. So it's time now for us to get into the actual time travel details, being as like that's kind of the, the thing. Point. We do on the point. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of the point of the episode. <laughs> I don't know. I just kind of enjoy watching movies with you guys. Um, so we always start off talking about the method. So what was what was the method of time travel trip? A weird phone box, totally a- not ripped off of. Totally not. That's not even blue. It's actually the opposite. Yeah, it's red. It's red. red. Obviously. Also, Uh, it has a weird, like, totally not umbrella thing. Yeah, what? Like the antenna. Oh, yeah, yeah. It looks like. totally like a broken umbrella. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) Um, And it's traveling through the, what was it? The circuits of history. 
Yeah. Right. That was that was overly which always seemed odd because it's like you have only a few circuits where they're riding through, but then you look out and it looks like there's hundreds clumped around oh, yeah. these ones, and it's like, what is the perspective and then they here? Go on, like, a are we just in the only area where there isn't millions of right, these yeah. circuits all on top of each other? Yeah, and only one of them had a loop in one point. Yeah, you know that was fun. And they were like, ah. Yeah. What's even the point of the loop? I also thought yeah. it was interesting that... What's the point of such a long thing? Like, why do you have to travel through the mainframe of the universe or something? <laughs> mainframe main of the universe. <laughs> I mean, that's about right. That's kind of what it looked like. If it's the circuits of the universe, I guess that technically means they're in the mainframe. That's right. So they're in the matrix. So or out of the matrix. Whoa. Whoa. No way. So... <laughs> yes, Way, Ted. <laughs> yes, way, Ted. Um, so, so quotable this movie. Gosh. There were several points in the movie where I would just like cut my eyes at y'all and go, eh, eh, eh. you know that thing I always say. Eh? <laughs> now you're in it. Um, so not only were they uh, traveling through the the circuits of history, I thought it was interesting that presumably it's time and space. Yeah, they're not just like- you know the the one exception is when they landed in one million BC in San Dimas. Yeah. Like why 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 was that? <laughs> uh but I, I you know they they went to the Wild West, they went to Greece, they went to Washington DC, they went uh, uh Germany, France, you know, they went on uh, Mongolia, they went to Everywhere. all these different places. So not only can you travel through time but space and then there's the moment where he says to when when they when they land and meet themselves the second time through, we get to hear the other part of the conversation there, which I love the line. That conversation totally made more sense this time. <laughs> of course it did. Um, yeah. But there's the bit where he says, hey, Rufus, how come when I dialed the number for San Dimas, we came here? It's like, you dialed the number for San Dimas? Then how Not could the you time. land like Yeah, yeah. Oh, I dialed the number for mongolia and ended up conveniently where i wanted exactly to be. Where, yeah 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 or the time so, i wanted to be I, I did think it was uh, somewhat problematic the idea that there's a there's a uh, phone book that is more like the yellow pages than the white pages i don't know if you noticed that but they're like half page ads in there yeah. of like come to mongolia and um <laughs> but but you know they not only went to the right time and place in mongolia like they landed in the guy's hut Mm-hmm. You know, like they landed in the door out, uh, like in the room outside the Oval Office. So it's they like, went to pick up Lincoln. So it's like, then how does this work? Because you dial the number for America yeah, right. and you land outside his office at at the time. The person you're looking for. Yeah, you exactly. have to be thinking about it. Yes. And oh, you're and going back to Sam Dewey. That's right. And not only landing outside the uh, Oval Office. But while he's in the Oval Office. Yeah. Like, like they could have landed there anywhere. It could have been anywhere. Yeah, it could have been anywhere. So. At any rate, so that is our time Maybe travel method. Maybe it's just method. because they're, they're, if they go back to the present, the present still runs in the same Oh, no, time. it is. And that's his point. He says, you have to dial one number higher, which again, one number higher is all you have to do to go forward one day and How land long are in these a very numbers? specific time and place. Anyways, uh, <laughs> again, what it really boils down to is, 1980s sci-fi <laughs> just like hand wavering. make it up yeah. however you want um by the way i love when he said one number higher and he's tapping on his forehead you hear dook, dook, dook. like there were so many of those things. there was like tweety birds at one point and just like boy you know, and like, the electric guitar all the time uh, yeah, except for the one time yeah the one time it didn't happen where it was 
No, I pointed it out today oh, yeah. at dinner. Uh, mom was yeah, the and then mom was, like, <laughs> mom was like, well, clearly they made the noise every time and then they did it over in post and forgot that one. I was like, oh, thanks, mom. Thanks for explaining that. Um, we appreciate it because we, we didn't actually know what happened. So anywho, um, how about the rules for time travel? So we, had, we did have the rule that we've hinted at before. The clock in San Dimas is always running. So even though they have a time machine, they don't have all the time in the world, right? Yeah. It's kind of Lit- Doctor Who does this sometimes. Said, now we have all that. the now y'all guys have all the time in the world to write your report. He literally says that. He did? Or was that Bill or Ted? Maybe that was Bill or Ted. I don't know, but here here was um well, no no, I'm getting I'm getting ahead of myself. So the clock is in San Dimas is always running. That's why Bill was supposed to remember to wind his watch, which he never ever will. Yeah. Um but here's the big question that we always ask. Can you change the past? I'm going to say no. Yes. Because <laughs> otherwise, why would he go back to make I, sure? I love the y'all <laughs> just at the same time with full confidence. All right. So, Trip, no. you said what? I say yes. You because. Can. Go ahead. Because the guy went back Rufus. to make sure that it always happened, which means it probably... Like without the time travel aspect, they would have totally failed. So he yeah, without the time travel, but right, he so went Cor- back Corbin, to make Corbin, sure. Offer the rebuttal there because you said no. Yeah, well, you're you're saying like if he didn't time travel, yeah, if he didn't time travel, they would but obviously he, but he fail. Always time. Yeah, travels. he always time travels. And so he, which it's means not he changing. Has to time travel. Yeah. <gasps> Wait, what if Bill or Ted? And since they what went through, that, <laughs> yeah. that would be amazing. That's why it's always the same you would box. On, you would only have this thought on the heels of the season of Doctor Who that we just watched, yeah. where you're like, "There's a little girl and there's River. They must be the same." Yeah, everyone is the there's same a, person. There's in a this dude show. and there's an older dude. Must be the same person. <laughs> Obviously, Rufus is Ted. <laughs> like on top of, uh, that's so great. On top of what I just said. <laughs> you were thinking about this movie even harder than the writers did. All right. Yeah. Um, on, top, so what now? on top of that, they obviously, they like leave the keys for themselves when they say they're going to and like mm-hmm. all that stuff. The conversation is clearly exactly the same. Mm-hmm. And yeah. yeah, I feel like even though they didn't remember it. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. You it's would, like, wait, what are we supposed to say? Let's go find out. Right, yeah, what did we say the first time? I don't know, let's go find out. You would think, like, but they just went and stole a whole bunch of historical figures. Clearly, they're changing the past. But, like, none of those historical figures seem to ever care Ever said anything whatsoever. about it, like, like ever. Yeah, apparently, they're like, oh, I'm in the future now? Okay, I'm gonna go check out the mall, go, go do some <laughs> like Zumba. A, like, Abe Lincoln never just Zumba. walked in and said... And everybody's hey, by like, the way, <laughs> I've wait, the if time travels, if time moves the same way, doesn't that mean when he brought them all back, time has They were all gone for, for a them? day? Yeah. Yes. That's a really good point. So Abe Lincoln has been 
gone for a full day. All of yeah. these historical After- fi- figures went missing for 24 hours and no one ever noticed. Which I think is probably fine for every single one except, except Abraham Lincoln. Except for Lincoln. Yeah, I think there'd be, be a little bit harder like, to explain. A national crisis if the president yeah. went missing for a the day. The president is missing. Oh, and he's randomly. Yeah, Joan yeah. of Arc went missing from the church, like, <laughs> and her, with her sword and her helmet still sitting there and everything. So yeah, because he he reached out his hand like the creator. All right. All right so mm-hmm. now here's the thing. Okay, usually when when we're at this point in our in our show here, what we're saying is, what are the rules? And the rule: Can you change the past? Let's ask the question in universe. Did they say whether or not you can change the no. past? Well, this comes to the quote I was wanting to bring up. Okay. I wish I could remember the exact quote, but Ted says at one point, I think it was when they were talking about the keys. He's like, but we can't remember. We can't forget to drop the keys here. Otherwise, it won't happen. happen. Oh, wait. But we, we did. did. Right. But so, it did. did. So I guess we did. Yeah. He knows, <laughs> even Ted knows, <laughs> by the fact that the keys were dropped there originally, then they just, they have to, because that's how the timeline is. Right. So I feel like that line definitely is the only okay. time they directly address it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's that's the closest we get. All right, so, but... Okay, we're more... Normally we're what we're asking... Yeah, <laughs> normally what we're asking is, because some movies, at the beginning of the time travel part of things, they try and establish the rules, right? They try and say, did not. So like Endgame said, you can't change the past. You know, like they, they did that. For a different universe. That's right. They did that whole thing. And so then it's, okay, well now how do we work around these rules? And then we analyzed, did they stay consistent with the rules? I would have to say that there's only one real rule established in universe, and that is the clock in San Dimas is always running. Now, did they follow their own rules is the next question we ask. Mm. So things they got wrong, things they got right. I'm not sure what they even mean by the clock in San Dimas is always running. It sounds like what it means is that they have, okay, so if if they got the phone booth 24 hours before their report and left on their adventure, they have 24 hours, yeah. right? That's mm-hmm. what it sounds like, mm-hmm. right? Except that they definitely did loop back on their own timeline. Yeah. It sounds like the rule is saying you can't loop back on your timeline. You have to, like, time is still moving. Because they could have totally come back, said, okay, now y'all guys go hop in the time machine and go back and have all the adventures we just had. So we come home, so it was like we never left. And then they could have totally lived right on from then. Right. And it would have happened the same way every time. So the fact that they landed back and looped on their own timeline and landed at basically the beginning of the whole adventure Mm -hmm. says to me that That the clock is not always running. That you can and And for that matter... Later on, they loop back on their timeline again to steal the keys, set up the recorder, leave the me- by the way, leave the message on the world's least used typewriter apparently because <laughs> the keys have been missing for like 2 days. So apparently when they went to that typewriter and said dear Bill and Ted, you know, whatever whatever PS duck, that has been sitting on that typewriter untouched by anyone in that office for like 2 days. Um and so- hasn't been seen by anybody. <clears throat> 
We don't. Yeah, right, right, yeah. And they just happen to hide behind that thing. So, well, I mean, I guess it happens the same way every time. So. It. Uh, what is this next note? It seems like from the point that you leave, time is still running. I just I wrote that down. Okay, what is that? What do you flesh that out? Well, it's basically the same thing as the the clock is always running in San Dimas. It's just like from the point they leave, they have those twenty four hours. Right. It's not even. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And it does make you wonder, like, if the clock is, quote, still running and they have 24 hours to do the, the, the report, there were still other things happening as well. Like, during that time that I guess they just completely missed. What do you mean? Like. Like they didn't go to school that yeah. day and everything? Yeah. Yeah. Cause like. The, that report is not the only thing that happened. <laughs> yeah, so, right. wait, that means that literally... I don't know, was it? Because it seemed like they were sitting in that auditorium like oh, most yeah. of the day. Yeah, but like... Wait, like, that means they were missing both of them. Yeah. Their parent, like, once oh, their they parents left. probably assumed they were at school. The school assumed they were homesick. It was night. Yeah. Whatever, whatever. It was night when they left. Okay. So they would have gone yeah. to sleep, woken up in the morning, and their parents. No, it wasn't. Home. It wasn't night when they left. Remember, because uh, there was that whole thing where Bill used the phone as an actual phone and called Ted's dad. Yeah. Was like, oh. oh, this is Detective Van Halen, down at the station. I forgot. Yeah. So that was, was like the middle of the day. When, I was when they thinking left. when they first left, when they met up with their oh, yeah, old yeah, yeah. selves. That's yeah. that was what I was thinking. Gotcha. Right before they got taken to back to their household. So, again, I'm not. They say the clock is always running in San Dimas, but they definitely loop back on it. And you at can least totally twice. go forwards in time and live from there on as well. What do you mean? So I'm saying Did that happened. They went forward to the next day, right? Because it was night. They time traveled to the next day. What? Mm-hmm. When they were at you night. You keep saying it was night. What was at night? When they were getting the time machine the first day. They went into the time machine and traveled to the next day to get stuff or whatever at their house because it was the morning then. I don't think they did that. No, what he's saying is Rufus Rufus left and sent them the empty phone booth. That was nighttime in the front yard. Yeah. What was the next scene after that? I can't. Did they immediately get in the phone booth and go somewhere? And I don't remember the timeline of events. <laughs> didn't could have they could have gone to their Didn't he call Ted's dad at night from the phone booth and then they left? No, that right was in the then. middle of the day, I thought. I don't was think it nighttime? So. I'm pretty sure. Yes, it was. Yeah, it definitely was. It definitely was. Okay. So what's your point? <laughs> so they so they left from there and it was nighttime and they went into the past. They went to Billy the Kid. All right, we got to move on. So okay, um, I'm yeah, I'm confused. yeah. So so things that they got right, Corbin already kind of uh, hit on this. That uh, the idea. So so what we're saying is, our understanding is that you can't change the past, right? Yeah. So and and Ted is the closest we get to actually uh, voicing this. Yeah. Um, now let me say this though. We do, we do have the idea presented that they could have failed, right? Because yes. at the very beginning, I don't know if you caught this because y'all were not 
y'all didn't know what was coming. But at the very beginning, the the three floating people in the future tell Rufus that like the the time has first of all they say like the time has arrived, which is weird. It's as though seven hundred years in the future they are running in parallel with the with the timeline in nineteen eighty eight. And it's like, okay, today's the day. It's like, no, you have a time machine. Every day is the day. But the time is the time has arrived. And it's like, you know, they're 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 on the edge here and, and everything could fall apart. And Rufus says that, you know, if you guys fail, it's gonna mess up the future, basically. So they present it as though it could go wrong, that they could fail right up until the they moment don't that they know. have. I mean, presumably they only have one time machine, so presumably today's the day because we finally perfected a time machine. It didn't seem that way. It sounded they because they were saying it as though today is the day in 1988 is what it sounded like to me. But at any rate, mm-hmm. they so so in the end they go back and Rufus goes back in time, gives them the time machine that allows them to do what they've got to do to pass the class and blah blah blah, which then presumably propels them into that future, right? Of becoming the super band and saving the world and all this kind of stuff. Right. So mm-hmm. our next section is, uh, and, and then what you were talking about with the keys and the trash can and all that kind of shows that whatever happened happened, right? Mm-hmm. You can't change the past. All right. So then our next section paradoxes, Corbin, you started typing something in paradoxes. Did you have something there or uh, did it, did it go away? It's just, there's a few, um, Bootstrap paradoxes were like okay, uh, like I was saying uh, specifically where he tells himself to um, rewind his watch, and I was like, "That's how they know that the watch is important." But no, they know the clock in San Dimas thing. And we mentioned one a little bit ago the the duck thing, where they tell Uh themselves to duck. Right. They do, and they know what happens because of it, so then they know to tell themselves That's again. true. No, that's a really good one, yeah. Yeah, yeah, That's a very good one. Um, I told, By the way, I told uh, Corbin and Tripp that scene reminded me of the scene in The Matrix when uh, Keanu Reeves is trying to get out of the office, and he's like sneaking around with uh-huh. some omniscient being telling him what to do when, and it's yeah. the same kind of thing where they're like ducking around, and then it's like, oh, the, the letter says duck, and we knew that we would read this right when we did and read that word right when we did, so that we would duck at the exact right moment. Like all that is, yeah. is kind of mm-hmm. reminiscent there. Um, Wait, couldn't they have just taken the paper then so they never had to type it and just set it? I guess it would get faded they and could, whatnot. You're overthinking it. Um, so at any rate, um, the big giant glaring paradox here is how do you get to a future 700 years from now that is perfect because of the music of Wild Stallions if Wild Stallions failed high school, split up, and never became a super band? I'm, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's kind of the thing. That's what I thought you were getting at when also, you said Also, how would the prince, without the time machine, how would the princesses ever get back? And be part the, of the band. And there would literally never be a possible oh, band. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, that's, it, so it's even all of this hinges on the fact that it happened and whatnot. That's right. Yeah, it all, it all, yeah, it, it only works. It. it all hinges on the fact that it happened. <laughs> <laughs> There's only time that's travel it. at all that's because right. of what they did. Because of all of that, yeah. Which Wait, couldn't they, they just only send did. themselves back to who? Tell- 
It's 700, it's 700 years in the future. They have time travel, but they probably don't have like life aging <laughs> technology. I do love that they're called the great ones. Uh, that, <laughs> um, that and when they're on the animated CD cover, you know, doing the air guitar motion, they're in like these trench coats or something. It's like, is that supposed to be future wear? But at any rate. Also, they look to be the same age. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, so, y'all guys become a band in like two months. <laughs> <laughs> take over the entire world you know all. what's really funny about that is that the the premise of Bill and Ted Face the Music is that it's been whatever it is 25 years 30 years or whatever they were supposed to have written a song that saved the universe and, and it's 30 have. years later and they haven't written the song yet so like you're talking about yeah you know that CD cover is looks just like them then they in 1988 saw that? So they did that on a video one time, and then they just never made a song. <laughs> they just so that's recorded so that, it and put it in cold storage somewhere. So. Like that's literally the only video that they have of them. So that's, that's right. Like, <laughs> so, getting Corbin, you said bootstrap paradox, and then you you were you were talking about actual ones with the whole duck thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought you were getting back to the the story uh, by his bootstraps, where, like you said. I, Beautifully put. It all hinges on the fact that it happened. Um, that's a great way of, of, of putting a bootstrap paradox. The whole story um, hinges on the fact that it happened. Mm-hmm. That, you know, the, the inciting incident is at the very end of the story. And therefore, it is a closed infinite loop that can only ever keep happening. And here we have something very similar. Someone comes from the future and says, I come from a future that is based on something that you are going to do in the future. But all of that is in jeopardy because if you don't do something today and or in the next couple of days, then all of that will never have happened and I won't even exist and time travel won't be a thing. What? Hmm? So again, it's Wait, one of these- Wait, so but the very fact that him being there confirms that they are going to do it. That they're going okay, to make but, it, but they're going to win. So we come to this movie from the future, right? We start this movie 700 years in the future yeah. and then go back in time. Picture it from the point of view of Bill and Ted. They're going through their life, right? And in 1988, they are faced with, if I fail this class, I flunk out of school, therefore I'm going to be sent to Alaska and the band will break up and we will never see each other we'll again. We'll never, we will make never be band. a super band. Yeah. So that's it. Yeah. <laughs> Story's over, right? Because that's what happened. Without the intervention of the time machine. Wait, how did that know that's that what that happened? That huh? they would flunk and that they would never What? Oh, maybe Bill and Ted could have told them. But how would What? How I'm would about, they No, no, no. I'm talking about prior to Rufus intervening at all. Oh. Just Bill and Ted going about their lives. He all he knows is that if I fail this class, I flunk out of school, and if that happens, my dad is going to send me to the military academy in Alaska. And they've got, they are absolutely hopeless as far as coming up with something for this report, right? Yeah, there was no plan B. They haven't done anything at all. Right. There was no plan B because there was no plan A. There was no. (laughs) Yeah. There's just nothing. Plan B presupposes a failure of plan A, which there also was none of. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, so that's the thing is what should have happened is they failed, they failed, and therefore the, the amazing future never happened. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. The only way that the amazing future happens is if that future already happened. Yeah. And therefore they can go back in the past. Like 
the Brr. cause is the effect or something yeah, exactly. along those lines. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So guys, uh, Noobs in the Whovian is also brought to you by listeners like Victor and Jared. If you find value in what we do, if listening to us yammer on about Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure <laughs> helps you enjoy it even more and you want to give a little bit of value back, here's how you can do it. You can head on over to patreon.com slash noobsandthehoovian. And for as little as a dollar a month, you can become a, a supporting patron of family-friendly, independent media today. All right, so our uh, little wrap-up section here, was it good? So was it good? First of all, was it a good story? Holy cow, trip! There's a lot of E's and S's behind that Y. <laughs> Would you like to pronounce that for us, trip? Yeah! <laughs> oh my gosh, edit that out. <laughs> okay, yes. Seriously, very write much. down a note, Corbin, because last week... Hey, by the way, listeners, y'all got a lovely little look at how the sausage, sausage is made last week because I said, hey, Corbin, uh, pause right here, make a timestamp note. And uh, we're going to go back and we're going to cut some stuff out here. And uh, so let's talk about this, that, and the other thing. And Tripp's like, and I just didn't. (laughs) And Corbin completely forgot. So, uh, and that's happened, what, three times in the last couple of months? And this time I I just said, keep going back in and re editing. Yeah. I think you had already had to make an edit on that. That was the same episode where you put the wrong Classic Who segment, wasn't it? Or was that the no no? I think that, that was, was the, the one week. before. It was the next week that, that yeah. Though it's editing. been like three weeks in a row that I've had to take it down and re-edit <laughs> it. I didn't even make you re-edit that one. I just yeah. said yeah, that one's just gonna stay just up. So whatever. Uh, enjoy the little peek it's, behind the curtain. It's mid-show bloopers, is what it is. <laughs> it's mid-show bloopers. Just That's consider right. it that. So Trip, you said was it a good story? Yes. Corbin, what do you think? Yeah, it was good. Like. I, we've, we've talked about all the plot holes, but I still think it was really good and it was really funny. Corbin, you're such a letdown. You didn't even come up with like a major. Ah! What? (laughs) Not necessary. Why do Uh, I have to do that? Was it a good time travel story? Wait, you didn't say you thought it was good. Oh, of course. Obviously. Sorry. Yes, you're right. I didn't say, but yes, of course. I would not insist that we rewatch these two movies in preparation for the release of the third. Huh? Dad doesn't even have to say because of course he loved it. Well, duh. Yeah. Duh. Again, this was a this was a formative movie uh, in my in my childhood, uh, and and perhaps even more so the second one. And you even remembered it better. I than actually Flight remember this one correctly. Yes, yes. <laughs> I will, I've for, seen these, I've I will seen forever these bully you on that. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen these movies way more times than I ever saw Flight of the Navigator. How many times did you see that? Like, what Flight of the Navigator? Two or three. Maybe two or three. Yeah. yeah. Maybe. Maybe. When you were like six. Exactly. And these movies I probably watched multiple times every summer for like three or four years. I don't know about all that. But but definitely. So was it a good time travel story, Trip? Um, I think so, yeah. I mean. All right. Not quite the yes you had for the I mean, everything kind of pretty much held up. Like there wasn't anything like entirely wrong about it. What was that one that we proved like everything was wrong and then figured out in the end that everything was actually right? Uh, that was right? the very first, first time you I mean, uh, yeah. meet the Robinsons. Yeah, yeah meet the Robinsons or like, oh, that everything was, just was weird. right and wrong. Uh, and yeah, I'm going to say right. yes, it was a good time travel story. Yeah, there were some holes and there were some paradoxes, but that, mm. every good time travel movie has that. Yes. I would say yes, and I love the timey-wimey-ness. I love when we start playing with time travel because it starts out as – an adventure through history, you know, but then they start going, well, what if we went back into the past two days ago when the keys were still there and then we stole them? Oh, it turns out I did steal them. It was me all along. Oh, you know, like all that kind of stuff. <laughs> and then, trash can, trash can. Remember a trash can. Um, and then it just falls out of nowhere. Yeah. Without too much of a spoiler, um, they do some more of that in the next one. 
and it's even it's even more wibbly wobbly. I love it. I love it. I love it. So, uh, Corbin, was it a good time travel story? I say yeah. Like they handled it well. Yeah, and they didn't try and make up some crazy. This is the new way of time travel that no one's ever thought of. Like they didn't meet the Robinsons. They just kept right. it basic, and they kept it together. It was done well. So it was definitely mm-hmm. two and, thumbs up. And maybe it maybe in their favor that they didn't establish a bunch of rules of time travel. Yeah. Because then they didn't have to adhere to them. So. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a section here for creep factor, uh, but I think that was because the last time you I mean we did was. Uh, a Christmas uh, Carol. Yeah. yeah. So uh, there was creepy. no there was no creep factor in this one at all. The next one, eh, eh, there's a little bit of creep factor in there. Uh, so we'll just <laughs> okay. leave creep factor uh, blank altogether. So uh, listener input. I just remembered that I actually did have some listener input. That's great. All right. So on to listener input. We've got our first email in a while. Uh, so a guy named Jason who is in the uh, Geek Dads group with me on Facebook. So shout out to those guys, anybody that's listening from that group. Um, he sent me uh, a message and said, hey, can I send you an email? And I said, of course. Or no, he said he had a bunch of questions after we did closing time. So we're kind of mm-hmm. we're kind of tossing back a few weeks here. Um, but he said, I have so many thoughts and questions and comments about closing time. And I was like, dude, send us an email. Mm-hmm. We'll definitely cover it. So Jason, I apologize that it's been a few weeks. Um, but as as you know, um, up until recently, we were a week ahead on our recording. So yeah. um, I hinted at the beginning here that we actually, we burned that week last mm-hmm. week. So yeah. we are now back live. Um, so we're actually recording the day we release. So Jason says, uh, first off, I love this. First off, the podcast is awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Um, he says, I'm sure my neighbors wonder why I was alone laughing out loud on my front steps. And in parentheses, <laughs> he says, I have a winter cap with built-in Bluetooth. <laughs> so That's all, amazing. all his neighbors knew I was he was that. sitting on the front porch laughing to himself. So uh, they think he's a crazy person. Psycho. So, uh, yeah. He says, here are some thoughts and questions for you to discuss on your next podcast. And um, I'd ask him, I was like, so do you have questions for us or like questions about the show? And uh, like Doctor Who or Noobs in the Whovian? And he was kind of like both. So um, his first question was a real world question for both of you. He says, how do the noobs not know what's coming next considering Google and social media? Corbin, would you care to share? Okay. Well, when I was doing the notes to help dad, I actually got spoiled on the first and second season ending, which was Oh, did you really? Yeah. Oh, man. It was okay. I didn't know all of it. I just yeah. knew, like, oh, Rose is bad wolf. Oh, Wait, come what? on. That sucks. <laughs> <laughs> She's what? <laughs> Four or five seasons ago now. Really, I'm more, like, I don't have to worry about that stuff because these seasons are, like, really? still... How old are Far they? Back. They're like uh, well, seven years old still. Once, we're about to once do we the catch 2011 up. Christmas special. All right. So I said seven. That's like it's way undercutting. <laughs> it's nine years old. <laughs> right, right. So I'm getting up. spoiled for the current season is the problem. Yeah. But I'm not going to say anything because I'm not like those stupid news outlets that are putting literally the spoilers in the title. So yeah. I feel You'll bad. You'll never believe this and this. So, uh, Here's a picture of what happened. So, yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. Uh, so for the Whovians that are listening, I'm gonna I'm gonna try and I'm gonna try and say this without spoiling anything, okay? But uh, as the as of the time of recording, season twelve is on the air right now. So we're watching uh, Whitaker in her second season, the Thirteenth Doctor, and uh, some major stuff happened in the first handful of episodes of season twelve. And so again, without spoiling anything, the first big thing that happened. I found out about completely, I utterly, completely oh, spoiled wow. on. 
Mm-hmm. And then there was a an episode where two major things happened and both of them got spoiled for me. Both of them. Aww. And I mean yeah. fully and completely. Like I it wasn't like I read half of a headline and went, "Oh no. Uh let me let me just pretend I didn't read that and pretend like I don't know what's coming." I mean, it was like someone whispered in my ear, "This is exactly what's going to happen." Yeah. On these three occasions. All you have to like, do oh, is read word. the headline yeah, and, and it, it was, tells you everything. Right. And it's like are you kidding? So me? I told Jason that my uh, Mondays now because I'm watching it on Amazon, so it airs middle of the day Sunday our time, and I can't watch it until 24 hours later, and then I have to wait till I get home, and so I can't watch it until Monday night at like 9:30 or 10 o'clock at night. So I have decided that Mondays, Sundays, and Mondays, Twitter is a no go for me. Yeah, just watch it Sunday night. I get, no, you're not listening. It's not available for 24 oh. hours yeah. after it airs. For me, like, if I see anything Doctor Who related, I do whatever I have to to say, right. don't show me this anymore. Right. And it didn't used to be a big deal because there wasn't a whole lot that was being written about stuff. Because when we started Noobs in the Whovian, we were kind of in a lull where we were like between seasons and stuff. And that mm-hmm. and that was also the case between season 11 and 12. There was like an 18-month gap. Mm-hmm. Well, right now it's on the air and there's major stuff happening. So yes, to answer your question, it's hard to not get spoiled. It's hard for me not to get spoiled, let alone you guys. Yeah. Well, so for us, I just I don't, don't have search any for way it. To get yeah. Spoiled. So Corbin doesn't do any research for the notes anymore. Yeah. Um, he, he used I've to think he could do it did. without getting spoilers and then he got spoiled twice. So, uh, so at any rate, plus they are also not on social media. Um, yeah, so, so we don't, that helps out a lot. Cause yeah, my, my Facebook and my Twitter are a minefield <laughs> from Sunday afternoon until, until Monday night. I just have to so. search up a bunch of like Doctor Who stuff and then just blog all of it. Yeah, exactly. But um, I don't have any like social media or anything. He also wanted to know, do, do you guys, Corbin and Tripp, do y'all ever cheat and look ahead? He says, no. he says, you can tell me, I won't tell. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, we're just going to be admitting it on the podcast. On the yeah, podcast. Right. Yeah, well, great. like I said, I got spoiled for the first and second season. But I wasn't looking for it, though. Yeah. Right, right. Um, so that's the thing is um, they have picked up two of my, um, two of my, I don't know, characteristics. One, completionism. Yes. Like if we're going to watch a show, we need to watch all of the things, right? And Even if it's not good, like we have to finish it. We are going to watch every stinking episode of the original series of Star Trek. I don't care how hokey Mm. it is. Um, And then the other thing. why we stopped watching it for like three and a half years. But I mean. (laughs) (laughs) The other thing is, uh, well, no, it's because Doctor Who took over our lives. But the other thing is um, I do not like being spoiled on anything. Yeah, Yeah. it sucks. I I don't even watch trailers for movies. Like if it's – like I haven't watched a Star Wars trailer in three or four years. Like the last three movies that came out. I just didn't watch trailers. I was like, I'm already going to go. You don't have to convince me. I'm going to go. And so, again, I don't try – I try not to read any headlines. only watch trailers for like things that aren't – like things that I want to watch. Like if like, I don't already care yeah. about it, yeah. a trailer right. is good for getting me interested in it. Right. But if it's Star Wars, I'm like, even if I don't think it's going to be amazing, I'm still going to go I watch it. I don't even want to watch the next time on Doctor Who. Yeah. Like yeah. I don't even want to watch Why that. Why do you always let it play? I don't know. If y'all don't want to watch it, we'll cut it off from now on. But anyway. Okay, yeah, we can um, do that. I discovered, oh, you know what they do in season 12? They roll the full credits and then they do the next time. That's, That's a good nice. idea. I didn't know that for six episodes. <laughs> so I was like, where are people getting this information? 
Where are people getting these screenshots for the next episode? That's what I didn't know it was there. As soon as the credits would roll, I would turn it off. Anywho, um, he also says, uh, Corbin, mouth typo is totally a thing now. Thanks for that, Uh, I'm adding that to my Google Dictionary. That's right. (laughs) To your Google Dictionary. Um, He says, Austin, how... Let's see. Oh, okay. How do you see all of the current new who and keep your mouth shut for the boys? He says, I tell my wife and son everything, despite yeah. the fact that they don't care or have any idea what I'm talking about. Okay, so that's, that's, that's why. the reason. Yeah, that's, that's why they don't care. Yeah, because so they don't just... care. And we care massively about spoilers. And so I have been like if every you told night me at, about like a random show of The Office that I know I'm never going to watch. Then you don't care. What? Yeah. yeah. Actually, you do. Because you're like, you're, <laughs> you are watching The Office anyways. No, so. I'm watching like five episodes of it. So that's okay. So when when the stuff went down this season, uh, by that I mean season 12, <laughs> I was pounding my fist on the table at dinner going, guys, I can't believe I can't talk to y'all about this right now. <laughs> um, I actually, no joke, I was riding down the road. We were coming back home last weekend. I was riding down the road and another guy from the Geek Dad group, Andy, I don't know if you're listening, Andy, um, he said, he texted me and said, what are your thoughts about the current season right now? And I was like, I'm driving, so I can't text you, but I can totally talk. And he called and we talked for two hours. <laughs> oh my gosh. And it was so much fun because I had somebody who, one, cared about the show as much as I did, was caught up and we could just talk about theories and, and all and this we kind were of stuff. All it was I the took, first time I've had that conversation with anyone. I took my so earbuds out. I heard you talking about Doctor Who. Yeah. I'm like, okay, never mind. Yeah, I was probably I told like, you. I was probably asleep. You were. You were asleep. Mom was asleep. And I told Corbin, I was like, dude, I'm gonna I'm just gonna be talking. So you better I didn't think you were gonna be talking for two hours. I was. Oh my gosh, it was so much fun. Well we went from talking about the current season to like everything we talked about everything <laughs> amazing so you um, know that thing that's gonna happen like on the podcast like next week yeah well corbin so, turns up yeah. the volume <laughs> it was it was definitely a catharsis so um so at any rate andy thanks for that and call me anytime dude it's a good thing it, i didn't wake up because uh, yeah yeah you would be like what, what? So, <laughs> stop uh, talking so getting back to the um, the actual episode closing time he says Craig is 100% a companion yes so is Sally Sparrow he says hmm. I think okay, it's more about their yeah. relationship to the doctor than how yeah, many adventures they've true. gone on or how many times they've been in the TARDIS well you gotta remember Sally Sparrow had no relationship with uh, yeah mm-hmm. she was not hardly in either of the episodes yeah. the only time that they ever actually met he didn't know her yet yeah. yeah. So yeah. Anyways, so he yeah. thinks even Sally Sparrow was a. Uh, I do not agree. So but if sure. you meet the doctor, and you spend, and we get to know you, and you spend the most of the episode, I think you count as a commit. Let's see. Uh, so for Trip, he is uh-huh. quoting you from the episode. Why doesn't the doctor just travel with what's her name again, River? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or job. other immortals like Captain Jack? He says mm-hmm. easy. Which doctor, which regeneration, which point in which doctor's timeline? Time is too wibbly-wobbly for a time lord. Like, crap, have we met yet? <laughs> Case in point, every time a doctor has intersected his timeline, I've gotten a migraine. Not everyone keeps a time journal. I'd be more specific, but spoilers. Um, so he says, also, I could be wrong, but I recall the show referring to companions as traveling companions lots of times. Mm-hmm. I'm not 100% sure if he means in classic who or knew who, or what. So um, he says, that's all. Thanks, guys. Just to establish my nerd credibility, my dog's name... (laughs) I love this. Okay. His dog's name is Rory. 
Oh, oh that's okay. amazing. <laughs> I told him, yeah, kind of stupid and loyal. That's right. That's right. Uh, <laughs> um, and my guitar's name is Rose. Oh, wow. Okay. And, um, okay, so he has a couple of guitars. One of them is named Rose. One of them is named after an old friend of his. And then one of them is named Gracie, who he retroactively decided is named after the whale in Star Trek IV, the one with whales. Keep those posts coming, my friends, he says. Star Trek IV, so the one with whales. That is what it is definitively known as in fandom. Uh, it's called The Voyage Home, but they travel back in time to save whales. Uh, oh, the wow. 80s were a strange time. Okay, well, we then. need to save the whales. We Let's had Bill and Ted and Star Trek saving whales. Y'all have seen that movie. We watched all of the. No. There. Didn't we watch all the original movies? No, we watched one. We didn't I don't remember. We only I watched we one. Because that's as far as we got before we stopped watching. Yeah, but we started watching uh, TNG. But we, we, must, we, we must have yeah, we started skipped that oh, okay. and just went to TNG because gotcha. we hated. <laughs> I know that we watched. Um, I know that we watched Wrath of Khan and Search for Spock. I know we watched. Yes, we did. So. Yeah. Is that the um, one where he got supposedly killed or whatever? Yeah, he died at the end of two and came yeah. back at the end of. Uh, came back throughout the third movie. Anywho. Yeah. All right. Spoilers. So we got, uh, yeah, yeah. Spoilers for a 30 year old movie. All right. Next week, guys, spoilers. Um, it is going to be Christmas in March as we watch the 2011 Christmas special, the doctor, the widow and the wardrobe. So again, reminder, this is one I haven't seen. Mm-hmm. So this is the first time I'll get to see a new episode of Matt Smith's. So I am thoroughly looking forward to that. Guys, so no spoilers. That's right. Oh, I know nothing about it. I know nothing beyond the title. I really don't. So guys, Noobs in the Whovian is a production of Master Closet Studios where it's always smaller on the inside. Your senior producer is me, Austin Reason. Our audio engineer is this guy. I'm Tripp. Our production editor is the other guy. I'm Corbin. Special thanks to TARDIS.Wikia.com for the trivia. Uh, well, not so much this time. Thanks to IMDB.com for the trivia. <laughs> and shout outs to Victor and Jared for their Patreon support. And thanks to Jason for writing in. You can find us at Facebook.com slash Noobs in the Whovian. Twitter.com slash Noobs Whovian. I realized last week I said that wrong. It's Noobs Whovian because Noobs in the Whovian is too long for Twitter. Mm. Noobs in the Whovian at gmail.com is how you can reach us through email. Consider supporting us at patreon.com slash Noobs in the Whovian. And you can find all these links plus more, including the full show notes over at Noobs and the Whovian Dot com. Wherever you found us, make sure that you subscribe, like us, leave us a rating, share us with a friend, not because we're a great show, but because we watch one. Until next time, my name is Austin. I'm the Hoobie, and these are my sons, Corbin and Tripp. And, and we're, we're the, the Noobs. And we will see you next time for Christmas. Goodbye. Be whip. <laughs> <laughs>